Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yes, I'm back. It's the captain, Vershawn Jackson, three-time national champ. I'm on the ticket, 93.7 FM Sports Radio. We are the new voice of everything Husker, Husker Nation, Husker everything. I have probably one of the biggest influencers on my Nebraska career in the building on the phone with me. Aaron Graham, welcome. DJ, what's happening, man? Hey, man, it's just good to hear <laughs> your voice, man. Always the same. I can't believe they, they gave you a, a microphone. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's about time, right? I know. <laughs> I'm pulling all the super friends in, man. I'm putting the band back together, AG. I love it. I love it, man. AG, talk to me doing? for a minute, man. You getting ready to get yeah. nominated for the Gerald R. Ford Legends Award? Talk to me about that. Yeah, man. No, it's. Uh, I'm actually going to receive the award next Saturday night in Lincoln at the Rococo Theater as part of the Remington Trophy Award celebration, and I'm completely honored and thrilled and humbled, and um, you know, just I've been to that event multiple times, <clears throat> excuse me, multiple times, and uh, just to be included as uh, part of it's pretty cool. Well, I, so just so you the ticket uh, 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 listeners know, the Legends Award was established in 2005 by the Remington Trophy and the office of former President Gerald R. Ford. It is presented annually to the former collegiate and professional centers who, in addition to being standout, having standout football careers, have made significant contributions in football business and philanthropic communities it is thank you man yeah no no it's a it's a it's a pretty cool class i mean some of these guys that are you know previous award winners are guys that i've uh you know i idolized uh throughout my career you know dermani dawson's and mike webster's and Matter of fact, one of my uh, offensive line coaches with Arizona Cardinals who drafted me, Carl Mock, is included in that list. So it's a um, it's a pretty prestigious deal that I'm just very humbled to be a part of. Well, we, I, I mean, a lot of people don't know that there is life after football. What have you been up to? What are you doing these days? <laughs> Man, I'm I'm just continue to be blessed. Um, you know, I'm I'm living in in Ashland, Nebraska, uh, with my wife and four children. And they range in ages from nine all the way to twenty-two, and so all still here at the house. Uh, 
been uh, in the got into land into the land real estate business shortly after I retired from the NFL, and I've been doing that for I believe 17 years now, and uh, it's been it's been a great business to be in. Um, I currently uh, serve as the president and partner of National Land LLC, which is the parent company of National Land Realty, and we've grown that business to. Uh, We've got about 83 offices, 84. I don't know if I can keep up anymore in 40, 43 states. And that's a good problem uh, to have. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the land business has been good, and um, um, just continue to enjoy dealing in that. Let's take care of a little unfinished business, man. We got to take care of a little unfinished business here. Did we? We had unfinished business. Yeah, I we we, we, we still have unfinished business, sir. Now you are you've been coaching we these us former Huskers myself Cluster uh you uh Lance Brown I think he got into it a little bit as well but Abdul Muhammad Abdul Muhammad of course you kind of threw something out at me like you wanted to bring your team down to to Power Landing Park and come do some battle with my little league team. Now, we didn't get a chance to to put that together, but mm-hmm. are you ready to, 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 to come and deal with Coach Jackson? I mean, you, you know where I sit in that, that deal, you know, I, and, and I did definitely want to come uh, test the waters, uh, so to speak. Um, I didn't even ask you how. I'm sure you, you guys end up winning the league. No, we we it, no we got we got we got cheated. The day that it got yeah, re- no, we got on, hey listen just, we got well, cheated. Okay. Let me, so, before so we you, it, Aaron, the let, me, so let me explain. Let me explain what happened. We <laughs> remember the day that we got the torrential rain, right? Yep. Okay. First of all, we shouldn't even play. <laughs> Right? Did you guys play? And your and the listeners should know we're talking what grades now. We're talking we're we're talking uh third grade. <laughs> Correct. Third graders. So it's big time. It's, it's big, big time, time football. football. Rain is coming is raining cats and dogs. I heard that there were multiple other games that did not get played, but we played ours anyway in the rain. Now, listen, at the end of the day we got beat. The cheating part comes in where it's raining. <laughs> We had three touchdowns called back. In a game like that, when it's raining, it's a hard-fought game, the game went into double, double overtime, and you get three touchdowns called back, that's that's demoralizing to little third graders. Man. My kids were – my best running back was crying. He was he was mad because every time he got the ball and went to the house, they always talk, they called it back, man. That's a part of life, but we didn't win. We didn't. Man. But we love yeah. to play you guys. I don't want to. I don't want to see those kids cry anymore. But if you want to bring them up to Ashland, we, we may have to see what happens. So you guys won the championship. You guys won the championship. <laughs> we right? did. We did. I. You know. I. I agreed to coach a little team, third grade, third and fourth grade team here in Ashland, and uh, just to, just straight out of the community. And I didn't want it to be a in a, a select type team or anything. I just I had one rule, and that was that the kids wanted to play. That they didn't. Their parents weren't making them. Forcing them to be out there, and uh, uh, it was fun to watch them. You know, at that age, as you know, third grade, fourth grade, they they can't, they don't even know how to put their helmet on. And and uh, by the end of the end of the season, we we uh, we won our our league in, in the playoffs, and uh, it was very rewarding. We had we had a, almost a packed house in the Ashland High School 
football stadium and uh, it was a big time big deal and Word on yeah, the, word, word on the word on the street. These little kids are 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 running two delay flats. They're double doubling, two combo. <laughs> they're going. They're playing in bear defenses and playing three <laughs> technique, nine technique, six technique. Man, they, from what I hear, it's like a little league collegiate team. <laughs> you know, I, I honestly we we practice twice a week. Um, when I introduced the coaches and the coaches volunteered. A lot of them had played high school, some of them uh, uh, collegiately. And I, I went over the offense, and they were, you know, the looks on their faces like, we're going to run that. And I said, oh, yeah, and they're going to learn it. And we're going to teach them how to play football. And so I think they all got a, a great uh, foundation to the game. And every every practice, Sean, I'd just circle them up and sit them on the dummies, on the dummies and I'd have a big whiteboard. And we just we talked football for 20, 20, 25 minutes and – Help them to understand the game, and that makes such a tremendous difference, you know, um, on how they could go out there and perform. So, yeah, I'm hoping – I'm planning on continuing to do it as my son is uh, – he played on, on the team. And so, as long as he wants to keep playing, I'm going to keep coaching him. That that being said, I was going to ask you something else, but Cooper. What's up with Cooper? <laughs> Cooper Jank. Cooper, cool. listen, Cooper, Cooper James. James, man. Tell us yeah. about is, is Cooper the oldest? He is the oldest. I remember yep. when he, Cooper was a little little guy, four and five years old, running around. Yeah, no, he is. Uh, he's a tremendous blessing, and he uh, he's got a music career going. Um, you know, he goes by the name Cooper James, which is his middle name, and um, he is. Uh, you know, he's playing in gigs all over uh, now, and and. Uh, you know, I know he's he's playing tonight. He's going to kill me for not remembering where. I'm not I'm not, not going to be able to attend this evening. But uh, when I think of it, I'll, I'll maybe maybe shout it out to you. But uh, but yeah, he's a country music singer and he's a songwriter and just uh, 22 years old and and uh, you know he can get up there and dominate a stage and it's fun watching him grow in there and we'll see uh, how far he takes it. But there's a lot of eyes on him because he's truly talented. So. Cooper James, if you haven't heard him, go out, listen to him. I do listen to a little bit of country myself, and I'm telling you, he's pretty good. So he's going to be a national champion in, in country singing and the things that he's doing in music. But uh, I just thought that that's just amazing that, you know, something can sound so good that came from Aaron Graham. <laughs> the, the, the all of, now, now let's talk about being a, a first-team all, academic All-American. Before, before All-American – it's academic all American. How important and and what is that like? Because I tell a lot of people, Aaron, that Coach Osborne recruited smart guys. And I think this is an attestment to what I was talking about because not only were you an all American, but you're a first team academic all American. Kind of talk about what that meant. Well, you know, I don't ever claim to be the, the smartest guy in the room, but I, I do I do work hard and have always done that and, and I think what really enabled me to be able to achieve those accolades in the classroom was that the foundation was set by Coach Osborne and, and by the Nebraska uh, academic uh, counselors and groups that, you know, um, you know, were a huge part of what we did. And so when you can see the, the Dave Remingtons and uh, the type of players that have come through and they weren't only uh, All-Americans on the football field, but they're academic All-Americans in the classroom. 
um, I think it's 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 one of those things you can look at and go, well, why not me? So I you know I made it a goal when I got there to do it, and and uh, I, I guess I got got lucky. So <laughs> <laughs> you you said you said you call it luck. I don't know if it was luck or if it was hard work. <laughs> I think a little bit of both, but mostly hard work that you put in. We're gonna take a short little break, Aaron. I'm gonna have you back for the next segment because and and one of the questions I want to definitely ask you was. Going into the 94 season, kind of what that was like, what was our mindset, what was the goal of the season for us? I'm Vershawn. It's the captain. We're on the ticket, 93.7. Be right back. It's 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion, Vershawn Jackson. Oh, got a bunch all alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here he is, for Sean Jackson. Ah, yeah. That's 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 part time lover. I'm trying to get Fat Albert in there, Rico. Hey, hey, hey! Trying to see if my boy AZ know about this. She know about that, AZ. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Hey, listen, I am sitting here with a two-time national champion, academic All-American, All-American, former NFL player, Aaron Graham. Gramster. What's up, man? 94-95. <laughs> I mean, well, let's, well, let me back up. How was it playing with Will Shields? Man, I, what can you say? I mean, um, it's all said and done. Um, you know, he played, what, 15 years in the NFL – went to 13 Pro Bowls. He is absolutely in the top five at a minimum, maybe top three NFL linemen that ever played a game. So it was it was awesome. You know, he was, uh, he was a great teammate. You know, Will's, Will's a quiet guy, and I got a chance to play for him. I played with him, I should say, uh, at the Chiefs for a little bit. And uh, it was it, he was in his, in his prime, and uh, just working with him and watching how he went about his business was uh, – Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Nice. So, 94-95, back-to-back championships. What kind of – I mean, you were there – class of 91? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So, so you was there for, like, the rebuilding, reshaping moments that set us up for the 94-95. What was it that changed – from 91, 92, 93 to get us to 94, 95? Well, I think obviously at that time, the the, the difference between us being able to um, win a national title or, or not was 
um, you know, making it to the bowl game and, and not having the horsepower to kind of get us over the edge. And by the time we got to that 93 team, we, we really did have some, um, some star players that, uh, helped us to, as you know, uh, you know, we should have, we should have won that game, but, um, and, and I think of course, you know, after losing in the national championship game in 93, it really gave us a taste of how close we were to, uh, to the goal. And so when, when that game was over, I mean, we immediately came back and went to work and complete focus on, on getting back to the championship and, and not just getting there, but winning it. And I, and I would add that if there's ever a national champion team that has talent that, um, is remaining after a loss in a national championship game, man, I would never bet against those guys uh, because we know what it's like to have gone all the way and, um, and to lose that. And, uh, you know, after we won it in, in 95, of course, the team we built or the team we beat was uh, Florida and they turned around the next year and won the national title, you know? So, um, yeah, it, it was, it wasn't hard to get back to work uh, for the 95 year because we we saw we, we smelled what it was going to be like we just didn't get there what when we talk about you know we talked about the two-time championships and all that good stuff but playing at the university of nebraska what was the difference between a regular practice and oklahoma practice why was it Man, so I, different during oklahoma week well obviously i was that's you know, you still talk about the traditions of Nebraska football. That's still that's still it. And unfortunately, we don't get to play every year like uh, like we did like we did when we were there. But uh, you know, that, that that rivalry was just so so deep and strong. I mean, everybody was hyped in practice and completely focused. And um, you know, a lot of times that that game for so many years, uh, the season for both of those teams came back came down to that game. So. You know, to be honest with you, though, um, it, you know, I, there really weren't any even any close contests. Uh, the '94 season, um, you know, we played them in Oklahoma. I actually had the flu that game and was just just about wasn't able to even get out on the field. And it was rainy and dreary, but it it really was. We we outmanned them. Um, you know, most of the seasons that I was there. Talk about a little bit about okay. So let me ask you a question: Who's the best running back you played with, college or pro? Come on, man! Come on, man! I'm, Come I gotta, on. Ask, I gotta ask the question. I, I just want, I want, well, I want it, ain't even, the, it ain't even, uh, it ain't even a question, and, and that's LP Lawrence Phillips forever. I mean, you and I both know um, I played with some great running backs in the NFL: um, Eddie George, Charlie Garner. You name it, the list goes on. But I never saw anybody who was as talented and uh, and as good of a running back as Lawrence Phillips. What what made him what made him good? What, what I mean, what was his attributes well, as far as you can see? Oh, uh, well, you know, he he was an awesome teammate. First of all, mm-hmm. and he he worked hard, right? And uh, he had all the he had all the tools. He had size and speed and agility and all the things that you know most of the really good backs, you know, have maybe if there's four or five of those things to be elite, they have, you know, two, three of them, but very, very rarely you see a guy who's got all of them. And, but the thing I'll never forget about, about LP was at our, our pro day, um, we had all some NFL coaches who were in the Husker 
weight room, and I had to do uh, a hand clean test for for Boyd Epley so I could get on his his wall of fame or whatever. And I remember it was something like 325 pounds, and I had to do it four times. And I, and I remember like mustering through the third and fourth rep and just barely getting it, and I dropped it, and an LP went after me. And I remember you remember how we we'd have the wrist straps so you could hang on to the bar and I, mm-hmm. I took them off and I asked LP if he wanted them. He said, no, I don't need those. And I took my belt off and I said, you want this? He said, no, I don't need that. And I watched him pick up the bar in front of, I'll never forget it. It was, uh, Jimmy Johnson and, uh, the big tuna, um, what the heck was his name for the giant standing right in front of us. And LP did it 10 times. Wow. And on his 10th rep, he dropped it. And I'm like, <laughs> like, that's crazy. Like wow. that's just crazy. Like that's how much power and explosion, you know, uh, two hundred fifteen pounds could pick three hundred twenty five pounds up at uh, ten times in a row and throw it around like it was nothing. He was he was amazing. I know you're real close with him. We love love and miss LP today, and he was nothing but uh, you know a great teammate to me and and uh, legendary. Absolutely. Shout out to the late great Lawrence Phillips. Okay, so forty nine games. That's I, I had to do the math, okay? So, 49 games. If, we, if we're if we playing 12 games, there's a one when we went to the what, what, the, the kickoff classic 90. or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, we got 13 right. there. But how hard was that to play in 49 games as a college yeah. player? Man, well, you know, early in my career, I wasn't starting, so I was playing special teams. and um, <clears throat> But it, it – you know, it sounds impressive, and I'm certainly proud of being able to play 49 games for the Huskers. You know, in comparison, I played 92 NFL, NFL games, which in the grand scheme, um, you know, you see these guys that are playing 150, 200, 250 games, and that to me is just like, I, that's, that's incredible. And uh, But I was fortunate to, uh, you know, for all four years that I, I put the pads on, I did have a chance to play in every single game that uh, while I was at Nebraska. Current state of Husker football. <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm excited. I, I, I'm I'm still I'm still holding in there. Uh, I know there was a lot of uh, question at the end of the season, um, but I, it was just heartbreaking. You know, is for all of us to watch that, watch how some of those games unfolded, and um, I think they're gonna they're gonna chalk it up much to uh, the liking of what I said earlier about making it to a championship and not not winning it and I think they they were so close in Oklahoma and Michigan and Michigan State and Ohio State you go down the list and and I think they have to have a lot of confidence I think they're going to have to um, solidify the quarterback position Um, you know when when you look at it I'm my dad told me you know early on when I was a kid he's like man I'm gonna tell you right now you're going to be as good your team is going to be as good as your quarterback is and that's true at every level and um, they're going to have to find a superstar to get them to the place that they really, I think, want to go. And, um, you know, if they've got you – know, if, if Smothers is, is the guy, we'll, we'll see. But uh, I think that's what they got to focus on. I think the offensive line is going to be um, um, better. I've had a chance to uh, talk to uh, Donovan Riola, the new offensive line coach, and I'm excited for him. He's going to bring a lot of nastiness back, I think, to uh, the pipeline. And uh, I, I honestly, I know I have a different perspective because being a former 
you know, NFL linemen, um, I, I can look at those younger guys and and tell you that there's a lot of there's a lot of athleticism a lot of athleticism there and a lot of good things, and so I think it's really just kind of sharpening their tools and and uh, making the improvements. You can't have the false starts. You can't have the holding penalties. But uh, you know, I always look at it more from the offensive side of the ball, and that's what they got to do, in my opinion. Uh, they can solidify the line and uh, find themselves a quarterback, then I think they're going to do some great things next year. Who's who's the toughest player you played against? College or pro? Let's go college first, and we'll go pro next. Well, uh, Warren Sapp, you know, um, I think just uh, – I, I say that, but there were some guys – there was a defense tackle for uh, the Missouri Tigers. Um, his name was Steve Martin, and Steve went on and played, I don't, I don't know how long, seven, eight, nine years in the NFL – and uh, physically, he was one of the toughest guys for sure. And I, I as far as the NFL, I, I tell people, you know, everybody in the NFL can play, right? And it didn't matter because if, it doesn't matter if you're you're going up against a, a Warren Sapp type player or the next week you're playing somebody that nobody knows. I can guarantee you that guy is is a beast. And those are the ones that you always, I think, remember because it's the guys who. Um, you know, who really weren't a name for themselves at that time. Like, I remember the first time I blocked Michael Strahan and just coming back to the huddle and be like, man, that dude is strong, like mm-hmm. real strong. And, and and I was in my, you know, second year maybe, and, and he was in his fourth year, and, and sure enough, you know, he was, he was a Hall of Fame player. So, um, yeah, there, there are so many good ones in the NFL, um, and there was a handful of them in, in college. But uh, those defensive tackles, man, they're, they're some incredible athletes. Right, you know, Will said – I asked him the same question, and he kind of alluded to the guys that we practice against. For sure. I mean, so, I mean for sure. You know, we got the NFL. What was the difference between playing for Nebraska and playing in the NFL? Uh, you know what? I, I didn't learn the game of football till I got to the NFL. I mean, and I, I really, I look back on my career in college and, um, you know, all the accolades and stuff and very fortunate to play with long, a bunch of people and long, a lot of great coaches that, that allowed me to be able to do that. But, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't understand how to use my hands as an offensive lineman until probably my second or third year in the NFL. And, and uh, and the talent level again is is like I said it's you're 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 going you're going in, in practice you're going against guys who are you know uh, all Americans so um, and and the idea that it's it's a business best Milt Tenniper story <sighs> or lesson um, or or lesson lesson I mean it could be a story or well, a lesson. I, I, I know. It, I honestly don't know if I have a, a, a my a best Milt Tenniper story because he was he was he was more of a complete package than he was this one off you know one off guy. But you know, I, I memory is just uh, you know us uh, taking walks before you know the big games with with the linemen. We get out of the hotel. You know, if it was an evening game and, and walk with him. And, and, and I guess other things are just he was big on our camaraderie and he'd have us over to his house and uh, cook out. And, and uh, it, you know, he was he treated us like men from day one. And I think that's a 
uh, it's, I tell you, thinking back is, you know, I had Bill Callahan as an offensive line coach for the Oakland Raiders. And when they announced that Coach Callahan was going to be the offensive line coach at Nebraska, I was excited uh, because I knew the talent. I knew his talent. I knew his ability to, to coach. But at the same time, you know, Bill Callahan coached me when I was in my late 20s. And I'm, 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 I knew that he was going to struggle relating to 17 and 18 year olds. And that's exactly what I think came of, uh, of that whole deal. And, um, uh, so I was, it was interesting to see a guy who could coach as well as he could, um, at the professional level, but man, it, it's the difference between a Milt Tenniper and, and a Bill Callahan is that Milt Tenniper really related well to, you know, 17, 18 to 22 year olds than most coaches do. I think. Run the ball. I bet it's too slow. Let's go. What are you doing here? Come on. Yeah. You can do it better. Faster. What about Coach yeah. What about Coach Young? Coach Young. Yeah, he's he's just he's a legend, you know. He uh it was really Milt's offensive line, but you know, Dan was in charge of the, the passing uh game and uh and he had a unique way of his communication, as you were you describing there. But uh, get your butt down. You know, it, what are you it, doing? It, our favorite memories was just you know Coach Young being in an offensive meeting room, and and he's nodding off and and sleeping, and we're we're laughing. And he he was he was just awesome though. He he just had he was a man of many, uh, very few words, but when he talked to you, it meant something. Like yeah. he would look at you. You remember he'd look at you in your face and look down. And he'd look at you and. Then he'd say something, and it's the only thing that, that he really cared about was, you know, Rashawn, you got you to gotta punch when you block that guy, you know, and that's all he would say. He wouldn't, you know, it wasn't about what was going on in the weather today. It was, it was very simple, direct coaching. Yeah, straight into the point was Coach Young. Um, I had an opportunity to, to, like I was saying earlier, to go down to the pit with you guys, um, and I learned more – I think now I, I learned a ton from Coach Brown, but I learned more about just being a man in 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 college football and doing things the, the right way. Going down there in that pit with you guys, um, right. speak to like Eric Anderson, Aaron Taylor, John Zadiska, um, Heskew, Hoskinson, all the guys that came in in '93, which would have been all my era guys that came in a couple mm-hmm. years after you. How big – because I don't think that them guys being kind of the itty-bitty committee as well, not being no, – nobody over 6-1, how big was those guys playing and getting a chance to learn from you? Well, tremendous. And that's the way that Coach Tennifer and Coach Osborne, you know, ran their program was to, uh, you know, next man up and be ready at all times. And it wasn't just stand there, you know, kind of – you were going to go in the game. And so, uh, you know, the, the way that they coached and enabling those younger guys to have opportunities to, to learn and to get better and, and grow, um, you know, really laid the foundation for them. But I, I think, I don't think it's out of line to say, you know, that the hot Matt Hoskinson's and Aaron Taylor's and John Zadiska's and, and, and that all the players you, you listed, Eric Anderson, that, uh, that if they didn't have the experience 
of really being around that 94 offensive line that I don't know if they would achieve um, those type of things. It's kind of like when we we talked earlier about Dave Remington kind of setting the bar saying, well, I guess I should be an academic All-American and set the the goal for me to do that. It's the same when when those guys we just named – watching the Zach Wiegerts and Brendan Styes and Rob Zadiskas and Joel Wilkes and, and mm-hmm. watch what they did that, you know, in all all actuality, the 95 line that I played on broke the records that the 94 line had produced. So mm-hmm. um, I think talent-wise, the 94 line was, was uh, probably a little a little stronger, but the 95 line, you know, 400 yards rushing a game you know the stats oh, yeah. uh, that are just uh remarkable yeah but i, I mean, think a big, big part of that was because they they got to see the group or two in front of them that kind of uh showed them the way to go yeah i mean average 7.1 yards a carry think about that you know, <laughs> how many what's the most pancakes you had in a game I, you know i don't i don't remember i think it was like mm, 13, 14, 15, something like that. I know that I broke the the record if it was say if it was say 14 or 15. I think it was 15. Um that that was in 94 and Joel Wilkes the next week broke it with I think 17. So mm. it was a short-lived record um but it just goes to show you I mean there we had a lot of good athletes on on those 94 95 teams. Now Aaron, you from you from Texas? So, mm-hmm. what? How did you end up at Nebraska? Like, what happened? Well, the the the, the short story is is that I, I visited the Texas schools, Texas University of Texas, Texas A and M, Texas Tech. You know, made visits and didn't think I was going to leave the state. But my favorite, uh, you know, going into the decision was Texas A and M, and all my buddies were going to Texas A and M, and and. Uh, and I was telling people I was going to go to A and M. Well, lo and behold, they they gave a scholarship to a guy out of Dallas Carter, and uh, my mom was like, "You need to go to Nebraska and check it out." And and I did, and I came back, and I was like, "I'm going to Nebraska." Mm. And part of that reason is because I got to see the Zach Weirts and Brendan Styes and Rob Zadiskas, who were 18, 19 years old, who were redshirt freshmen on the team. And when I got introduced to him, I was like, so what are you like? A, are you a junior or senior? And they're like, no, I'm a true freshman. And I'm like, holy cow. Like, I want to go play with these guys. What What would you attribute to the reason you played at Nebraska? Like, what was it? Was it hard work beating talent? Or was it I became a technician? I mean, a technique wizard. Mm-hmm. What? How did AG become AG? Like, what was it? Well, I think. You know, I never say that I had the most talent, right? Because I never was really the strongest or fastest, but I was very coachable. And it's something that I try to instill into the people who work for my organization is that that's a, that's one of our core values is that you have to be coachable. And, and I think I was, I was that. So I was able to listen and learn and adapt to what, uh, you know, Coach Tenerper wanted me to do. I think there's a lot of trust there because of his his history with what he he'd done with his offensive lines and uh, i think uh, there's no doubt that it's it was being surrounded by people who were more talented in a lot of ways um you know just as you mentioned the will shields and and the others but uh because they really got the best 
out of me, right? And uh, it was kind of one of those things that Nebraska, when we played, that it didn't matter if you were the, <clears throat> excuse me, the fifth team left tackle, you were expected to hold up your end of the deal. And um, and and I think that, that accountability was a, a big part of why we were able to win and win and continue to win and reload and keep doing it. I'm Vershawn Jackson. It's the captain. I'm with Aaron Graham. Aaron, stick around for me. I got one more segment. Going to really get into a couple different little questions and, and kind of pluck your brain a little bit. I appreciate you coming here. It's Vershawn Jackson. I'm on the ticket, 93.7. James, yeah. How about, how about that, I did, man? I did remember he is he's playing uh, tonight at the Smoking Oak in Midtown, uh, uh, in so Omaha, thirty to nine thirty. So. Omaha, in Omaha, yep. Midtown, what is it called again? It's Midtown Crossing. It's called Smoking Smoking Oak. Okay, so Smoking so. Oak, Cooper James, son of the great Aaron Graham. I listen when I listen to that song. You know what I think about? Like, man, you taught him how to fish. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Man. That was you know, that cool. Story was about um, you know has some uh, calls to our our property that uh, you know I've, I've, I don't know if you and I ever talked about it, but you know we got it got struck by lightning. Our home did out on that uh, property we owned in Gretna mm-hmm. and burned to the ground, and and so uh, it's a, it was a good good way for Cooper to write some memories about uh, the, the the pond we built out in the front yard and. and Caught him out of fish, and it's pretty cool. Man, that that got to be exciting every day to know that. I mean, you got a kid that that sings. Not only he sings, but but he's good at it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm serious. I because I, I've been listening ever since we talked the last time about it. You know, when I found out about him, I you know Cooper James threw me off, but I was like, that's Aaron's son, though. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to figure it out what, huh? So, yeah, he's recording his first video um, on a new release that he's uh, putting out. It's called Thief, and so I'm, I'm, I think it's still a couple months away before it's going to be completed. But uh, it's it's cool being a, a guy around here who, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. Well, listen, man, you got to let Cooper know I want to have him on the show. Actually, come into <laughs> the, for sure. Yeah, come into the studio and grace us with his presence because. You know, I I just think he's such an awesome talent, and uh, he's one of ours. So we definitely yeah. want to be able to pump him up and and put him in the right position to be successful. So I appreciate that. Man. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited, man. Uh, listen, 
I appreciate you so much, man. I don't know if you really <laughs> know how much I look up to you. And I I go back and I watch some of those highlight deals and I just watch – a lot of times I'm watching you talk and – a lot of people don't know that we had those highlight tapes where the captains talked to the team and how important how important were the leaders of those football teams, not the coaches, but the leaders of the team. Right. That was in- incredibly right. I think that we were fortunate at that time. That really was not probably something that many teams did, uh, probably not any, um, but they would they would record the – the captains and others um, with messages uh, that they would play shortly before we went out on the field for kickoff. And man, every single one of those things just remember they, they get you fired up and, you know, Christian Peter with the a camera and the a microphone. I mean, those, there's some legendary stuff that happened there, but uh, again, it was, it was coach Osborne and Jack Stark being a little bit ahead of the, of the time, and uh, using some tools that really had an impact on us. Let's talk about that. Who, who were all the captains? I mean, I could I could say it, but I, I know you know it better than I do. So, who were the captains in 1995? Uh, and so, uh, Mark Gilman, Chris Yes, Peter, Gills. Yep, Tony Velan, mm-hmm. Phil Ellis, and myself. Oh my god! We had five, which was um, I don't know that there were many teams before that had five captains, but I think that kind of said something. Um, in and of itself, I think Nebraska had always had four four captains, but on that team there were five of us. Nice. What 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 uh, game sticks out in your mind the most? College first. Oh, uh, in the '95 year, I oh my gosh, there's just so many. Um, you know, I think it's starting to it quickly at the front. You got you know Michigan State where where LP ran for 200 yards in the first half. You know, uh, Christian Peter, before he went on the field, um, gave his little pep talk and smashed a Christmas ornament over his head and was gushing blood all over his face. That was crazy. (laughs) And it it was, uh, you know, all the way through that season to the the championship game and and just the confidence that our team had. Um, We ran on that field and it felt like we were in Memorial Stadium with how much red was there. Uh, you know, you never ever forget it, but it was it was just the simple fact that Florida really they thought they had a chance, you know, and and uh, you know I've told the story many times, but I remember right before right before kickoff, you know, looking I was standing about the fifty yard line and looking over to my right, and I saw I think it was Damon Benning, and he kind of winked at me, and I looked over to my left, and Clinton Childs winked at me, and we're all just standing there, right. Looking at the floor, Florida goes out to the middle of the field, and starts doing their their gator chop, <laughs> and we're sitting there going, "Man, you have no idea what's getting ready to happen." And uh, it was fun, man. It was just we were just so well coached, and we had such great teammates. And uh, that was that was the ultimate team. I mean, if you you wish that people, I know you may have a different perspective from '97. I don't know, but the, but the whole point is that for me, it is if if you ever want to understand what a what a team is about. I mean, you can certainly look at, at uh, you know, those championship teams in Nebraska and learn a lot from them. I think that's the only reason why we were able to win it again in 97 and get close in 96 because we had a great example. And the majority of the players that were seniors in 97 had been there in 93. They were there in 94 and 95. So we had 
an example of what it was to call yourself a Nebraska football player. We understood that it was going to take some hard work. I talked to to Jock Allen, and, you know, Jock was on scout team. Oh, yeah. Four or five years mm-hmm. in a row, his whole career, and loved every minute of it, destroyed the black shirts. But he told more of a story of his the camaraderie. I, You know, the transfer portal. What's your thoughts on the transfer portal? Oh, man, I can't stand it. I, th- I think it's going to ruin the game of college football, to be honest with you. And, and you know, the best analogy that I could uh, relate is uh, when when it came out, I was talking to Brendan Stye, and, and I said, we were talking about it, and he's like, well, you know, there's guys that, that can truly benefit. And I said, yeah, but here's the reality. You, you sat on the bench and backed up wheel shields until your junior year. If you had the transfer portal today and we're in that situation, you're gone. Out of there. And I said, I would never would have had the chance to play with you. And uh, and he goes, yeah, you're probably right. And and I think that's that's where it's uh, the problem is, is that, you know, these the coaches are certainly well aware of it. And I had a chance to talk to some of them last year and, and talk about the frustrations with that. And I tell you, the big thing, Vershawn, is, you know, is now there's an expectation that when these when these kids come in, that they want to play and they want to play immediately. And, and, and if they don't get that chance or see that light, like it's right in front of them, then the coaches are, are, are constantly being forced to have to give consideration that this kid can get up and leave and, and at any point in time. So you, you're seeing, you know, it's a different mindset and, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think uh, you, you've you've got guys that you know they they get chances to be able to leave early for the draft, and and it's just not they're not as uh, committed, I think, to the individual programs. The loyalty is mm-hmm. is unfortunately just not what it was like when we played. I mean, t- you know, and I know how you got on the field, but was by working your tail off and by putting in the work and. It wasn't like, oh man, I'm upset. I'm transferring to K State, you know, or Missouri or whatever. It, it was like, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what every other Husker player has done and put in, put in my dues and work through all the the tough times for the opportunity to not just suit up, but to get a chance to play. And the great thing about Coach Osborne was he, he certainly recognized that, right? And all the coaches did, and it gave a lot of people, you know, opportunities to get on the field that. Quite honestly, I don't know that they they might have been on the field, you know. Scenario at other school. Scenario, it is your senior year in college. It's you're. I mean, we're we're taking it back to when you were a senior. Right now, we have the NIL program because Texas now will offer a scholarship player, offensive lineman, fifty thousand dollars a year for his entire career. You can't if you leave. It's over, of course. But as long as you stay, you get the money. If you had it to do all over again, and the NIL program was here, right, and you didn't know what you knew, and they offered you fifty G's to come to Texas, where do you do you go to Texas? Do you go to Nebraska? Well, it certainly can have an influence, and there's no way you can deny that. It, you know, those things um, would would play a factor, and they are playing factors into you know, where guys are making decisions to, to go play. And, and unfortunately, I, uh, you know, where, where the system went wrong, Vershawn, is that we, people, you have, to, you have to remind them because I know people can look at it um, 
you know, through through a different perspective of saying, you know, you guys, scholarship guys, got your education paid for, and we're certainly appreciative of those things. But man, we we were broke. We were broke, broke. And broke, you know, broke. if I didn't have the, the, if I wasn't fortunate enough to be able to have, you know, my family send me a hundred bucks or a couple hundred bucks uh, from time to time, I, there there wasn't. We couldn't work. You couldn't do anything, and so. I honestly think that there 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 are were fixes over the past 20 years that could have been done to say listen you can't live on you know I don't what was the highest stipend check you ever got from Nebraska 300 bucks yeah. a month something like that 316 or 358 yeah 336 yeah so $300 yeah. and that was to pay for that was to pay for every that was to pay for your your apartment you know if you had if you needed gas for your car or or your food outside of you know, on the weekends, it didn't matter. And, and and that's where, you know, they they should have made decisions earlier on to help those those collegiate athletes who were, you know, bringing millions of dollars into the university and, and not recognizing that it was, uh, you know, they're, they're sitting here going, hey, you're, you're getting your education. and uh, But, yeah, but we can't work. You know, you can't make any money. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing I love about Coach Osborne. He would always try to get us every legit piece of money that he could give us. He would always try to get it. You know, even if it was fifteen bucks, he's gonna get it to us. You know, when right. when when we used to have to get the little envelopes for the weekend money, the little you think you're getting some money, you get fifteen dollars and the, in the in <laughs> big time. Man. Yeah, hey. eating that weekend. <laughs> yeah, this is Sunday. This is for yeah. your Sunday all day meal. We just fed you the That's training right. table all week. Now yeah, you get to eat McDonald's. Yeah, man, we or Domino's <laughs> delivered to the to the house instead of the gas station pizza or something, you know. It's crazy. Right. Crazy. So on our Sider Heyman text hotline, four six four five six eight five, Anonymous says, Can Aaron tell the story of a ref laughing involving a player from Oklahoma State named Dusty Beavers? <laughs> I will I'll make it quick. It was actually Texas Tech, but we were playing Texas Tech, and um, it was a TV timeout, and we used to huddle like three yards from the ball, right? Because we didn't care. Tommy, he would literally at times turn around and, and tell them, we're running red, right, 18 option. And he'd say option like twice so they could hear. We're running the option. You can't stop it, so it doesn't matter. You know what side we're going. Well, anyway, we're standing there, TV timeout, and and uh, uh, the ref is standing by the ball, and I'm standing facing the, the Texas Tech defense, and they're all in the huddle facing me. And Zach Weger comes over, and he says, he turns to the ref and he goes, man, are you watching this? I mean, I, you have the best seat in the house. I am throttling this guy. I mean, I mean, every single play, I'm just destroying him. Are you watching this? And the ref starts kind of chuckling, right? And he's facing me, so he's not seeing. And he turns over, he turns to the defensive tackle for Texas Tech, whose name was Dusty Beavers, and he turns to him, you know, three, two yards standing away from him. Now he's like, hey, did, hey, he said, hey, Beavers, you ready for another? And he said, he didn't say butt, but he said, you ready for another butt whipping? And the Texas Tech defense started laughing because it was like that much of a, like, he, Zach was telling the guy, hey, after this TV timeout, I'm going to whip your butt some more. Are you ready? And the Texas Tech defense was shaking their head like, man, this is – and I think we beat them like you know, fifty to ten or something. It was a, it was a beating. But uh, yeah, no, that was a that was a story. It's 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 called getting dominated by the hogs up front. 
called the pipeline. <laughs> hey, Aaron, we got one more segment. If you want to stick around, man, I would love to have you. We got to take a you break. Bet, man. I'll hang one more. I appreciate it. We got to take a you break. Bet, buddy. This is Rashawn Jackson. It's the captain. I'm on the ticket, 93.7. With Vershawn Jackson on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We back. It's Vershawn. I'm the captain. I'm with the legend, two-time national champion, All-American, academic All-American, regular All-American. <laughs> Big time PT player, excellent coach, little league coach extraordinaire. Listen, if you can coach little league football and, and you can have them playing at a top level, you can coach at any level as far as football goes. Couple rumors: Trey Palmer, former LSU receiver, in the transfer portal, might be a Husker. Wow. Casey Thompson probably is going to be a Husker. What do you think about that big fella? That's, that's what we want. We, we we need to get some of those type of players to get a taste. And and uh, man, as we know, just those guys who make a decision um, and they can help us. And if and if we can make that corner, uh, you you made the right decision. You know because uh, the environment is it, it just it's unmatched. Matter of fact, one of my my stories from the last couple of years is uh, you know before uh, COVID kind of jack things up we my son i took my uh cooper's brother balen to go watch the lsu alabama game and and balen was uh, maybe 16 years old at the time or so and when we we're walking out of the stadium after the game he's like is this what what it, what it was like when you played at nebraska and i'm like <laughs> it was pretty close right because it was it was a team that was where we were obviously and they've even they've done some great things even in the past the three years but it's just hard to, you know, it's it's describing and understanding the environment, you know, what uh, what we had there in the 90s. And if any of these kids that come here, um, they're not going to regret it if we can, if, uh, you know, Coach Frost and team can get them, get them over the hump. It'll be uh, a good decision. Just kind of winding down, we got about three minutes to go in this mm -hmm. last segment. If you could give a player – coming out of high school advice what would it be well it depends on what their goals are i mean if they're if they're in high school and they're and they have aspirations to to play college football then you know i, I look at it like what would we have done if we we're 16 17 years old that's different than what we did when we were uh you know, when 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 we were when our time was uh then and and it's like i mean Certainly, I'd be I'd be all over the internet if you know uh, learning and there's just so much information. It's just crazy what what kids can can learn. I, I actually follow some of these offensive line groups, you know, on Facebook and such, where uh, you know it is those high school kids are like, hey, here's some here's a, a clip of me. Has anybody got any um, pointers out there? And uh, and it's pretty cool because you'll have you know guys like myself, uh, you know, former NFL guys. Uh, who are able to chime in and give them some advice? So it's it's a it's a different different world. So to to kind of just end the show, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, before you leave, I got to get your best go Big Red, of course. But, <laughs> Aaron, I got to have you come back. I, I, I don't I, – you know how many times I've said that? Because it's so interesting. I think – you know me. I think I could be on here for like five, six hours just talking Husker football and talking to well, guys that meant a lot to me. Well, I appreciate that, man. And I hope I hope people really truly gravitate towards your show and, and really who you are. I mean, I, I got to tell the Rashawn Jackson story, at least my favorite one, because it, it's the things that people don't know about you and – and and at where you where you came from and how you worked yourself into the position you are. But my favorite is uh, walking out. I think it was it should have been with the Arizona Cardinals for the the coin toss. And I was uh, a captain, and we're walking out on the coin toss. And I look across and I see Vershawn walking towards me, and he comes he come over and give me a hug. I'm like BJ. I didn't know you were on the Seahawks. What, what is going on, man? And I'm just like, man, it's just, it's just, it's Rashawn. It, it, it's Rashawn to the T of, you know, here you are, and you, you, you're smart enough, you work hard enough, you do all the things, and and we're out there in the middle of the field, you know, pregame, and I, I didn't even, I didn't even look in the in the playbook and see the or in the uh, program the. To know that you were you were on the team, but that was that was awesome, man. Well, man, I, I appreciate it, man. I, I don't think I would have had an opportunity to play unless I hung with some guys like yourself. And and when that extra workout was going on, go do some of those dumbbell presses, man. Thank you for being on here, Aaron. I appreciate you big time, big fella. You bet, buddy. Love you, man. Man, I love you too, man. Good I luck. Can't, thank you. I yeah. can't wait to have Cooper on too and tell, give him my love. And I, I might try to stop down tonight. And get me a little Cooper James, baby. All right, man. Hey, you heard it here. I'm the captain. Rock'em, sock'em, jock'em, Will Shields, Aaron Graham, all Nick, DP, myself, Rico Suave, Jay Foreman. Let me stop. Let's go. The ticket. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.